Right, and another thing. <laughs> We're being pretty regular with this again, although we say that occasionally. Like, we do have these stints of recording regularly. We are regular on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> we are irregularly regular. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty still, good. Yeah, that's something. Um I do appreciate that we're doing this new series, which seems to be just, look, we're going to put our cards on the table here. I think it's it's all just an excuse for us to talk, for you and me yeah. to talk about yeah. whatever's going on, you know? And we have this we have this movie this week that we both watched that we're uh-huh. going to talk about. Um, but hey, like, let's get to that when we get to it, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So how are you doing? Like, what, what else is going on in the world? COVID. Still, COVID. That's still a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, how am I doing? I, uh, you asked me. I think I'm, I'm doing. I, I'm doing okay. I did did ask you ask that. me how I'm doing? I did ask. That. <laughs> yeah. This is typical. We talk over each other and we don't hear each other's <laughs> questions. Um, I am doing okay. I just, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm really exhausted, man, and I'm ready for a break. Like I don't feel like I've had a vacation this yeah. year. Yeah. I need a. I need some time off. Well, even everybody my needs vacation, a break from 2020. Is what I'm was what I'm getting, like that's totally. the sense I, I get from Twitter. We're done. Yeah. We're done with 2020, uh, and we all need to go on vacation. Yeah, is that oh, right? Yeah, I think it's right. And I I think you and I mentioned this uh, sometime before, but there is something to be said too about like uh, I find myself particularly frustrated at people's inability, like teachers and bosses' inability to just sort of like acknowledge that we're all stressed out and yeah. cut back. Just cut back. Like, for example, sure. my teachers, like, they should have started the semester saying, hey, normally I would give you three assignments a semester. I'm going to cut it down to two because the pandemic, you know, and you guys have a lot on your plate. But no, yeah. I, I'm finding myself very frustrated that teachers don't think that way. I mean, you're a teacher. I don't know what you've been doing. Well, yeah, uh, no, it's been very modified for the for the situation, you know, but I do think that there's, you know, we do tend to put on not blinders. But we we want to pretend like everything is going to be the same. Mm-hmm. We want to pretend yeah. that if I just grit my teeth and do the same thing that I've done year in and year out, then like that's where I'll find that's where I'll find the sense of of sameness. That's where I'll find the sense of okay, well, I know this, so we'll just do mm-hmm. that and it'll be fine. The problem is the teacher's the only one that feels that way. Hmm. You know, yeah. they're the only ones that have done this, you know, for 30 years. All the students mm-hmm. are frustrated because all of the, yeah, they've got all of this, et cetera, going on. And yeah. there seems to yeah, be yeah. no conversation on what, you know, on what real life is right now. Yeah, no, totally, totally. So, anyway, yeah, I mean, as a student, I find myself frustrated uh, that I, yeah, it's, it's basically people are forcing. It's kind of like when you, when you hear someone say, like, okay, like if I... If I'm going through a hard time uh, and you just say, just get over it, you know, <laughs> yeah. or like, just muscle your way through it. Just yeah. be, just be happy. It's like, that's yeah, not how this works. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's not how life works. So like, you can't just tell me to pretend like everything is normal. It's just not normal, you know? And yeah. so like, since last time you and I spoke, we, we had a big breakout of COVID here in my community and, you know, and that's really stressful. And like, I think part of the part of what frustrates me is that I and this is probably the worst of it. I don't trust that my teachers are capable of hearing my request for mm. Mm. Yeah. for help. You know, yeah. Like 
I can get to a point where I can name for myself that I need help because I'm stressed out. I got a lot of work to do. COVID is happening and all that. I can get to a point where I can name that for myself, but I don't trust that my my teachers are able to hear that. You know. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the problem that I think we're that we're seeing. You know, there's so much we're putting so much mental and physical energy into you know our isolations. We're trying to be quote unquote safer at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so we're spending so much time closing ourselves off from the outside world and from the people in the outside world. And so we're only getting these superficial, like, I'm scared, you're scared, we're not going to talk about it, but here's a lot of work that I want you to do. Mm. It's like, yeah, I totally get that you're you're not confident that your teachers are hearing your frustrations because they're not listening. No, and we're not. Not, I mean, it's not just on them. Like, we all do that in different areas of our of our existence right now because everything yeah. is so so focused on the individual and the privatization mm-hmm. of safety yeah 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 yeah. oh yeah am i at alignment um, is that wrong no no i think you're right i mean yeah i think there's something to be said about how people listen so like well here's another thing too like do i listen to what other people can't say for themselves but are crying out for help like if someone like there are people who can't name for themselves that they need help but yeah. am i turning a deaf ear to that so like i think it's a very clear thing when teachers don't hear their students need because they're willfully uh deaf to it you know like they're just not they're tone deaf you know yeah. to the needs of their students and i don't think it's on the students to name their need like like people who are let's like, kind of blaming the victim like yeah if if the student is in need, or like I can think about it in my community, maybe taking it out of the context of teacher-student, but like if one of the guys in the house is in need, I may not be aware of it because he's not able to speak of it. Like I need right. to turn my ears on, you know? Well, you know, I do think I had this conversation with somebody not too long ago. I'm, I firmly believe that what many, many people out there need right now is like legit grief counseling. Mm. Like, okay, you've not had a family member die. Maybe, some, probably people have, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in terms of like the grief of the, sh- the shift, the change of the world, like nothing is the same. Mm-hmm. And have we been able to properly grieve the passing of, the old, of our old lives? No, nobody has. And so, yeah, <laughs> and so when we act out, when we lash out, like, okay, yeah, when you put it in that context, it makes perfect sense because that's what people do. I mean, you know, I don't want to get too deep into this, but you remember how I was acting when my mom died. Yeah, uh, oh, like, I do. You don't even realize it just because the, and you don't even know that you're grieving. I mean, you, you, mm. know, that, you know that you should be grieving, but you don't know how it's going to manifest itself, Yeah, which is why yeah. you need a thing like grief counseling or you know spiritual direction or just like companionship which is what we're also not getting (laughs) because we're telling we're telling people that other people will kill you (laughs) yeah and when you phrase it when you phrase it that way the the problem is very clear (laughs) um no that's that's fair that's absolutely fair absolutely fair um yeah i don't know if i have been grieving uh or needing to grieve because I haven't really, like, like, there are people who have lost family members, lost jobs. I guess, like, we've, I guess I was angry back in March whenever I had to leave here, Spain, to go back to the U.S. And I I was mad about that. 
And I think a part of a lot of part of my summer was grieving that decision that was made for me, and um, and then also like with my ordination of the priesthood and all that being kind of up in the air. I think part of it was me learning to say I was being asked to change things uh, kind of against my desire, mm-hmm. like things kind yeah. of being taken from me. And I think that might be what many of us are not aware of that we need to be mourning is that none of right. us chose any of this. Right. Like, you know, we didn't choose for the pandemic. We didn't choose for such a volatile springtime and summertime with all the racial conflict in the country. Like we didn't choose the tumultuous election cycle. Um, like there's just so much going on that sort of brought it, like was brought about this year that is too much, too much. <laughs> it's just too much. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, can I uh, share with you something positive, something nice, something good that's happened? Mm, is that possible? Do good things still happen? I think it happen? is. I, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a scary story. So yesterday, ooh, I like scary uh, stories. <laughs> well, this is actually scary. It's not like slasher movies scary. <laughs> I I finally good news. I got a driver's permit here in Spain. Oh. The problem is, is that I have no car here in the community that's automatic transmission. So I have to drive manual <laughs> mm. transmission cars, which I don't know how to do. Yeah. So like, like the choice is either don't drive or uh-huh. drive a, a stick. And I said, well, I spent a year living in Spain not being able to drive and I'm not doing that again. Like <laughs> yeah. driving you opens drive. the world. It opens right. the world. So anyway, so I started driving stick and it's been fun. It's been fun, but boy, is it scary, especially <laughs> alone in the car at yeah. night in a, yeah. in a foreign city with rotundas. <laughs> Too much. Too, Too much. much. That's funny. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. I learned not well, mind you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not claiming any sort of proficiency here, but I started driving a stick when I was a novice in Belize. Oh. And I'll tell you what, driving stick in a crowded city in the third world where everybody's got crappy cars is like the best of all worlds because if you bump somebody man no big deal (laughs) (laughs) yeah fair enough fair enough (laughs) yeah here it's not that here you're in a city and you don't want to do that but i guess one of the things that i have found frustrating driving here is that the unlike the beautiful layout of roads and highways that we have in the u.s especially in the south here it's like oh these seven roads intersect here (laughs) (laughs) it's like Uh so i was using my gps or is this the rotunda this was the rotunda so (laughs) it was a non-round about Uh, (laughs) a non-roundabout i like it was a non-roundabout so if you can imagine like Imagine a triangle I can't. that has like seven sides. Uh, <laughs> I literally can't imagine that because that makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, and that's what my experience <laughs> was last night in the dark in the city yeah. driving stick. I intersected this 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 thing, and it was like, oh, at the second exit of the rotunda, turn left, and I'm like, what is happening? Can't see anything. Nearly died. I got I got to my destination alive. I got there alive, but I was not, I was not. Caught. So here's the real I question was... though. Here's what I want to know. How, how well does Siri navigate you? Okay. So Siri navigates fairly well, actually pretty well and actually really well. But the problem <laughs> is, the problem is 
Imagine, so try to picture this in your head. You come up to a light. Yeah. Okay. And then if you look directly to your left, there are two roads jutting away from you. Uh-huh. And then if you look straight ahead, there is a road straight ahead. And if you look to your right, there's two roads jutting out to the right. <laughs> okay. And it's and it says, at the light, turn left. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> so, what does that mean? Uh, what? And so this this happened to me yesterday. He said, at the light, turn left. And I said, well, by process of elimination, I have two choices. The picture didn't help? Of which left uh, to go? The, no, it doesn't. Because there's they're two small streets, and the blue like path that I'm supposed to follow is very thick. Uh-oh. And so it's not clear if like this is a small street or it's just very mm-hmm. very complicated. I didn't die. I didn't die. Well, that's good. I'm glad. Uh, that would have made today's conversation a little bit more difficult. Uh, <laughs> I I've been very surprised. I think I may have mentioned this to you before. Siri in Houston is really good. Really? Like, she says, go past these lights and make a left. She says things like that. Wow. That's very good. That's new. That's new. Yeah. Oh, it, it, I, she works so well. So well. Actually, actually, I think part of what you're describing here is the new maps layout. I think they rolled out a new version of maps. They did. But the they new, did. But this, is, but they this, only has been a ca- the, this has been the case since I moved here. So back in whenever. How long have I been? But that, <laughs> I don't think that, that was, that's been released yet in Europe. Oh, Europe. So, yeah. So, anyway. But anyway, how's uh, how's Houston going? That great, wonderful town? How's your life there? It's okay. It's okay. I wish that I could get out. Actually, today I'm planning on going and exploring downtown, maybe midtown. Ooh. And getting some photographs. I'm going to go take some pictures. Just kind of walk around, get lost a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you can think about this, I'll just give you some... So if you know Montrose, that road, and if you know, no, know West nothing. University, no, I know nothing. Montrose, write these down, Montrose and West University. I'm not Those are two them. really pretty areas oh, yeah. uh, for you to, yeah, for you to maybe go take pictures. <clears throat> or you can go to where my old high school was, and that's River Oaks. That's a really nice area, too. Some beautiful houses. All right. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, so look, that's my plan. Because I haven't really been able to get out at all. At all. I yeah. mean, I've done a couple yeah. of things, but not really. Like the other, a couple of weeks ago, me and the other fine art teachers took a socially distant uh, field trip. Mm-hmm. We drove separately and went to visit the painted churches way out, way out there that we have nice. previously vis- visited on another tour of Texas that we took way back in Regency. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, was fun. So me. I've been able to get out a little bit, but mm-hmm. like... I don't know the restaurant scene in Houston, which really bothers me. Oh, oh yeah. Which oh, that's really a problem. really bothers me because you know how much I like to go out to eat. Totally. Yeah. I got to tell you, man, it's one of the sad things about, I mean, of the many things that are sad this year, uh, one of the things that's particularly frustrating for us is that, like, you and I are in these places temporarily. Uh, yeah. And, like, I am a little bit worried that I'm going to not make it, like, I'm worried that I'm going to leave Europe and not have left Spain. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Like I think one of the dreams that I had was to go to Spain and spend spend my summer, for example, uh, traveling to France or to England. But like last summer, my plan was to do that, and I ended up back in St. Louis. St. Louis, <laughs> all trains lead to St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so hopefully, maybe next summer I get a Are chance. Are they opening to. up I, trains? Is that possible? 
I mean, I I took a train. I mean, I drive train. I ride trains here in the city trains. all the time. No, I mean um, like to France. Could you train to France or to Germany? Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. They yeah. they're not closed. Oh, yeah. No, they're not. And the fact that I now have a license here, I can you could drive. drive. Too. You could. Can you do that? Just drive to a different country. So Europe like, still doesn't make any sense to me. So no joke, no joke. Europe, the European Union is like the United States. <laughs> uh huh. So you could drive from Houston to New Orleans with no problem. Yeah. So you could do the same. Just like, you could just drive to Italy. I could just drive to Paris. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to drive stick, which introduces, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, when you're going the long, do they have interstates? Is that a thing? Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, they're highways, sure. Um, they're not paid for by the U.S. federal government. Uh, <laughs> so there's no interstate system in Europe. <laughs> there is no interstate system, no. Um, mm, but, but, no, yeah, but there are highways and, by, and byways. <laughs> and byways. Cool. <laughs> um, anyway, I was talking to a buddy of mine who lives in Paris, um, and he he and I were thinking about maybe doing a European summer next a summer a little european a vacation a little european vac- <laughs> literally you know we thought hey maybe maybe i could drive up to paris meet him there you know swing by belgium on our way to london <laughs> and then go up to scotland oh, on our God. way to ireland how is that know? real life how is that real life i don't know man but i say it and then i'm gonna be back in st louis right <laughs> right. right all roads lead to st louis oh freaking a freaking a so anyway um yeah, yeah. So what else is new? What else is going on? You want to talk about this movie really quick or what do you want yeah, to do with it? I think we should do that. So I got to say, say right off the bat, I was not excited about this. What were we watching? Can you just say really quick? It's called The Apartment. Uh-huh. Uh, 1960. 1960, black and white. It's a comedy mm-hmm. and, it, and it like legit, I found it to be very funny. Mm-hmm. There are moments I laughed out loud. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't uh, looking forward I, to it. I was not looking forward to it just because it's an old movie and like the synopsis really didn't explain what was going on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, is this just about like people having parties in an apartment? That sounds so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah, old yeah, people yeah. talking over a martini, like, Oh God, two hours of this. Come on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But then you start um, watching and you realize, Oh my gosh, this is a very different movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I, uh, so, so before you get into some of the details here, so like this movie, you and I picked it because it's on this list. Yeah. Do you it's remember this, what number it is? I think it's like, so remember there's two lists. I think the most up-to-date list, it's like number 45. So it's like of mid-tier like, best movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. Of the, of the hundred best movies of all time, it is half, it's more than halfway hmm. to number one, you know? Wow. Um, I, how do you feel about that? So just to get it right out of the, out of the gate, I don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah. Um, I also don't think it's like a great movie. Yeah. Um, That's kind of surprising. I also, don't, I also don't think it's like a very unique movie. So yeah. like, like this, like okay, so it kind of just reminded me, like I kept comparing it to the movie that we saw a couple of times ago, um, the Stanley Kubrick film, where I was like, okay. You'd expect that movie to be on a top 100 list just because it's weird and edgy and provocative and whatever. So what it really made me start thinking is like, you know, what's changed is our our categories. Our standards have changed for what makes a movie good, probably. Yeah. 
You know, like what, this what movie is generic one, about this one? So uh, I think it's a little bit generic, just that like you know, it's a rom, it's it's a rom com for yeah. one. Like when is the last time a rom com, <laughs> you know, would, would win Best Picture? This movie won Best Picture in 1960, which I know you don't care about, but like, like if you're looking at the standards of what people think are great movies, like the Academy Awards is a thing, you know. And so if this won Best Picture and it's a rom com, like I don't know, it just seems pretty weird to well, me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think back then at least, and this is still the case to some degree with modern movies, it's not necessarily about, like, the category or the genre of the movie. Like, this was a Jack Lemmon, Shirley MacLaine movie. Do you know that? I have no idea who that is. Those are the two main characters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, right. Are Uh, they famous? Yeah, 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 they're famous old people. Um, and a lot of the other people, like the guy from Cocoon, was in it. He was one of the bosses. Mm, mm. Uh, never seen that. <laughs> you've never seen? I bet it's on that list. Cocoon. It's got to be. Um, it's got to be. So, like, these are all famous people. And yeah, so... they're famous people, and so I think that carries that carries a lot of the plot. That carries a lot of the. I mean, just like today, you would put you know Will Smith in a movie, and all of a sudden, it's a good movie. Like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah, fair enough. Fair um, enough. A- and I will say, like, actors back then were way more talented <laughs> than actors today. <laughs> like, yeah, like acting as a as a as a art as a skill was still very new, and so mm. they were, you know, they were theater people, and so they could sing, they could dance, they could do all of these other things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know, so actually, this is one of the notes that I put on here. I um. I, 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 I generally got the sense that this movie, uh, like I wanted to talk to you about this a little bit of like, one of the reasons I like that we saw this is because it's an older movie and it just kept raising the question for me of like how movies have changed yeah, since yeah. black and white. And one of the things that you're pointing out that I, I noticed too, is that this movie feels more like a play on film, yeah. especially the first half of it where he's like in his apartment and like, then he's in the he's in the 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 office it's like it just feels like you're on a set yeah more well, than... and, and you've got the narrator the voiceover happening yeah totally 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 yeah it makes it feel like a like a play um anyway yeah i will so say that, though, that's different i will say though i watched a modern black and white movie not too long ago with some some pals uh called clerks <laughs> mm-hmm. uh which is highly inappropriate but very funny Mm-hmm. Um and the difference in quality is astounding. Like in video quality or in Well, I mean, okay, Clerks was shot poorly. Mostly on purpose, but mostly because they didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. But like the video quality, even though this was 1960, like black and white just looks so good. Wait like a minute, hold on, you're losing cinema- me. Wait, wait. The cinematography of the movie. I love the way that black and white looks. Wait, you're saying Clerks or this one? No, no, no. The Apartment. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you lost me. Yeah. Um, no, no. The Apartment. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say more about this because I wanted to it's, touch on this too. Yeah, yeah, it's just pretty, you know? You know, there, you can convey so much tone. You can convey so much emotion by by just the, you know, just the scene, the shot. It's black and white. You know, there, yeah. were, there were some dark days. He was out in the alley and there were some bright days. You know, and and when they're in the apartment, like there were just some really beautiful shots of their faces, 
how mm -hmm. like yeah. I just don't know that you can get that really with, with color. I just don't know that anybody does that these days. Right, 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 right. It's almost like like maybe you can say something about this as a as a painter, but like you don't need like the more ingredients you add to the mix, like the harder it is for it to be good sometimes. Like sometimes yeah. keeping it simple, like just two two colors, black and white, and then everything on the spectrum between them, like that's kind of enough to give you a, like they're small tools and it's it's sufficient tools to convey a lot of nuance. Um, like once you introduce the entire color spectrum, then it, I don't know, you kind of lose some of that nuance of shadow and. Yeah. And well, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. You raise up this point. You're, you're totally right. And when you bring it into the realm of painting, like, okay, I work primarily in a very limited palette of like four colors. Uh, mm -hmm. I use legit. I use black, white, red, and yellow. Uh, mm -hmm. And there are particular types of black, white, red, and yellow. But you can get your greens, you can get your blues, you can get all sorts of really fun colors from those four. Uh, and what it really forces you to do is to not get distracted by the color, because color is very confusing. Mm. Uh, and, the, and the most important part, this is why a lot of uh, like early abstract the the beauty of it was that they were using all of these weird colors but their values were right and so it still felt real and that's what, no idea like what a, that means like a black their and value? white movie yeah, yeah hold, well, hold on hold on hold on with me <laughs> so like a black and white movie is only in uh grayscale like there's only blacks and whites and grays just like you mentioned mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. the that's the foundation that's the building block and you could go on and throw in some color on top of that and it would still look beautiful mm. If you weren't concerned with the tone and just started throwing on colors, like it may work, maybe, mm. but it's going to be a lot harder to get something that looks good because you have to, you're working with, like you said, way more variety, way more um, possibilities than just how light is something versus how yeah. dark is something. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. It's almost like the more ingredients you have, the easier it is to be inauthentic. Like, because you can just get away well, with it's a easy lot. To, because it's easy to hide behind. Yeah. Um, I mean, just think about modern music, like you know, with with the uh, the the what's it called the the fake tone that people put on their Auto voices or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, like, that's just a good example. The technology has opened up so many possibilities that you don't really need to be talented to do anything. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and so like. A black and white movie, and I'm sure there are bad ones. This one isn't a bad one. Um, like I, I think my critique of it not being necessarily the greatest movie of all time, just because I think maybe movies have evolved to be yeah. something other than yeah, what they used to be. It's different, yeah, for sure. Um, but I really, I, I, I've started out. The first comment I put in my notes was like, "We need to talk about black and white." There's something about it um, where I find myself truthfully, like the the movie that keeps coming to my mind is set this movie just for a minute. Set this movie side by side with Avengers Endgame. Um, <laughs> and like, I just kind of roll my eyes at Avengers Endgame. Like, it's not a bad movie and it's not, it's fun for sure, but it's like, oh my gosh, way too many colors, yeah. way too much movement, way too much distraction for kind of a thin plot. Like, the one that we had in the apartment, though, like, the plot wasn't complicated, but it had its nuance and it had character development and it had a real sense of like, stakes and then you yeah. had people making bad choices and people <laughs> making uh you know difficult decisions or whatever and like yeah all that 
was on the surface, you know? Right. So what was the plot, if you don't mind? Because that's something that I wanted to talk about a little bit. Yeah, I think the plot of this movie is... So, okay, I'll put it this way. Um, What we get is kind of a comedy of errors throughout the entire thing, um, where it's just a, a bad situation for this guy, and it's just kind of laughable and silly and sad. Um, but the only real like plot that we see is him beginning as I wrote this down. I wrote down that he is, what did I say? I said that he is a schmuck. I think I wrote that down. (laughs) Yes. I said he is, no, I said, no, he is a sap. I said, what a sap, what a schmuck. Um, he starts that way. And how does he end the movie? Like with all this, standing up for himself, all this confidence and that tagline that is repeated throughout the movie I've decided to become a human being. Mm. Like that's that's the plot right there. Is this man be Yeah, this man becoming a human being. Like that's it. Um you know, standing up for himself and then finding himself transformed into confident and also being able to say that he loves this woman. You know, like it, this could have been way more dramatic than it was, but I just think it's a very simple story of a man moving from being a doormat to being someone who can stand up for himself and be a human being. Yeah, and I so I think that was a good a good uh, brief overview of the of the movie. I th- I thought it was really interesting a cup for a couple of reasons. You don't really see this too often, but like they jumped in like at the end of this unfolding drama. Like we don't see how he, they kind of mention how this whole thing got started, but like that's not the point. Mm, it's not yeah. the point of how long this has been going on either. Like right, we just kind right. of get, we just kind of get thrown in. And I think that was a really interesting decision mm-hmm. that they made uh, to like yeah. start the story halfway through or at the end yeah. of the story. Yeah. I mean like he, he was already being taken advantage of for a long time by his bosses. And yeah. clearly like this is not the point of the story. The point is he's kind of at his wits end and he's a doormat. I, I kind of, I wrote this down too. He, if you're familiar with, you're familiar with Brooklyn Nine Nine. He was Charles Boyle, like he looked like Charles Boyle, <laughs> and he was did. treated like Charles, and he tre- was treated like Charles Boyle. You know, Boyle. but you're right. Like yeah. we started in the middle of the story because the point is, what's going to happen with this guy? Like, yeah, that's well, and, and I he think wasn't this... a great guy. No, <laughs> no, no. the fact, yeah, the fact that he he like he there was a sense of pride. I think with you know messing with his neighbors. Okay, he wanted to keep it under, you know, in the secret. whatever Mm -hmm. so he didn't want to tell them the truth but like he kind of puffed up his chest every time he was telling all those lies yeah yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think though that this even though this is old and you know weird humor that we don't really get anymore it was really inappropriate too um like really inappropriate um but like oh i lost my train of thought what was i gonna say uh, so he popped himself up a bunch, and that it's also very inappropriate. Oh, 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 um, no, no, no! All of that being said, he—I uh, thought it was really interesting, and I think it's a time, a perhaps even a timeless concept of like, uh, wh- well, to your point of becoming a human being, like, what is it that defines you? Is it your job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is yeah, it something yeah, yeah, deeper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he spends this entire movie trying to. Um, to become one of the guys. Mm-hmm. He spends yeah. this entire movie trying to climb up the ladder, mm-hmm. the corporate ladder. And like, I think we've already seen, you know, in wider society today, uh, 
uh, a rejection of that. You know, the millennials mm -hmm. have done a pretty good job of rejecting all of that nonsense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we we put in in place similar structures, so we're not entirely free of that struggle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, now we're climbing the social media ladder. Uh, it's the same. It's the same struggle. Right. Um, right. And so I really like that. I really like that that fight, that glimpse into what it's like to really and to make that right choice right at the end. Spoiler alert, he 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 has this choice to give him the key, the boss the key to his apartment or give up his job. And he does yeah. that really funny. He gives him the he gives him a key, but it's the wrong one. He's like, "Well, yeah, no, it's, cause I, I think I'm glad that you pointed like it's it's interesting because the movie doesn't make it like it doesn't hit you over the head with it where it's like it doesn't moralize like that this is a critique of trying to climb the ladder because it might not actually be that in terms of what the author of the movie wanted to convey but it's there it's on it's on the it's on the table for consideration that there's a guy that does try to define himself by his career and he's surrounded by people who are trying to do so like when he was about to get promoted one of his desk mates said like i've been here for far longer and i haven't been promoted yet it's like everyone's yeah. trying to climb the ladder like there's this constant reference to being on the on the top floor of the building like right. you know moving moving on up but yeah, like what eventually becomes very clear is that he knows that to define himself as a good person is to be a, a human being and not to be just not to be a goon like one of, <laughs> one of these yeah. ridiculous guys, you know. Well, and it was so funny. Like they spent the whole first part of the of the movie was talking about how big this company is. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's bigger than the economies of you know states or I don't remember exactly what he said, uh -huh. um, but like just hundreds and hundreds and maybe even thousands of people working at this that they have to stagger the the start and the end time so that there's not a huge traffic jam in the elevators yeah yeah uh how and they're not the only they're not the only company in new york city like it's a big place and how insignificant right. these people are yeah and yet yeah. when they're in their building they're you know that top floor well that's that's right. the top of the right. world uh yeah it's such an yeah. interesting worldview yeah totally Totally. Yeah, and there's kind of the symbol in the movie of the of the elevator, like always moving up, mm -hmm. like traveling up and down, like that's huge. Um Well yeah, and yeah. and ooh, here we go. I just thought of this. Think of the symbolism of who controls that elevator. It's this girl. Uh, right, right. It's this girl, and she's not who he thinks she is. He's not who she thinks he is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she's not even really the one that decides if he makes it up to the top. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But he's kind of basing his entire, he goes a little crazy, TBH. Uh, I don't know that that's the best way to to court a young lady. <laughs> not at all, not at all. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, that's putting some interesting restraints and uh, and giving some power to this to this rising. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. that I don't think yep. that it needs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's there is something symbolic for sure that she's the one that's in charge of, you know, the rising and falling of all these people. Like, she kind of ended up being the fall of that the guy at the very top, you know? With his well, his wife. other secretary. Well, but because she was eavesdropping on what he did with this other woman, you know? Yeah. Um, and how callous he was. Yeah, but what how how callous he was towards her attempted suicide like that. Right. That precipitated the whole thing. Um, right. 
So you did mention before how like there there's some there's some parts of this movie that are difficult to listen to uh just because they're very dated and also very there's some sexism, obvious sexism. <laughs> um there's also some racial stereotyping. Like there's yeah. like that stuff happens in these movies and it makes them difficult to watch. Like for me, like they just grate on my sort of PC 21st century stuff. Yeah. Um like some of the ways in which the women were discussed or treated, the way in yeah. which uh, the Asian Americans in the restaurant were depicted, like all that kind of stuff. Um, I think there were only two black guys in the whole movie, and they were both. One was mopping the floor, and one was shining his shoes. Yeah, totally right. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, so all that is there, and I hope that that doesn't keep people from watching movies like this. Because um, I think they can be still really evocative. I think they can be still be really good. I did have to write down though one note that I made that really made me cringe was when. When, so when the boss was in the apartment with the protagonist, the leading lady, uh, and she was crying, <laughs> and he said, you're just being over-emotional. Yeah. I, <laughs> I had to write, I had to yeah, write I that down. That too. I was like, oh my god, you cannot say that. Cause can't that say is, that. Yeah. It's not right. Well, like, that's so wrong. The other thing that re- I was shocked by <laughs> was, was the, the doctor. doctor. <laughs> yeah, he's just slapping her. <laughs> Wake up! Hey, wake up! Oh my up. god! Oh my god! That was so hard to watch. Oh my god! Manhandling her! Oh my yeah. goodness! I literally wrote in my notes. Oh my god! He just slapped her. <laughs> and it's and oh god! He did it again. <laughs> oh my god! He did it again. Oh my god! He did and it like again. pouring scalding hot coffee down her throat. Oh, terrible! Oh. Terrible! Terrible! Um, okay, I have a few quotes here that I want to read to you um, that I thought were were interesting. Maybe maybe you can give me some comments on. Them. Okay, the first one uh, was, why can't I ever fall in love with a nice guy like you? Hmm. What do you think of that? Yeah, what is that about? I'm always frustrated by comments like these. um, Because it's showing that the thing that people care about, and they know that they're wrong, is not the things that they should care about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they're saying, here, here's what I care about. You know, looks, power, money, etc. But I know I Why, shouldn't be caring about. But I know I yeah. shouldn't. Why do I keep falling in love with these guys? Yeah, yeah. And I keep. I mean, this is our cycle of sin. Um, you know, why do I keep doing the things that I hate? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, but so, she, but the way that she phrased it was not just why do I keep falling for these guys? Because she does say that at a different moment. But this line was, why can't I ever fall in love with a nice guy like you? It's like, what? What do you mean by falling in love? Like, isn't well, it yeah, like enough? Big part of it. Like, what do you like? You know that he's a nice guy. How is that not enough for you to like be interested in him? Maybe not romantically yet, but at least enough to spend time with him to where you might develop feelings. You know. Um, well, yeah, you know, and that's a funny thing. So that's something that independently independently of me watching this movie actually while i was watching it some a friend sent uh sent me a a text message about this weird tweet thread something or other about how you know the millennial generation has gone and suffered blah 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 because people are telling us oh don't get married you know just go have fun you know like mm-hmm. if somebody gets married when they're 20 years old oh gosh it's such a shame they're so mm-hmm. young. Um, you know, they haven't even lived yet. And here we've got this boss who is 
all he does is sleep around. Mm. Uh, and I was like, well, what are, what are we saying is the most important thing in our, in our culture and yeah, society? Yeah, and dude. we want to blame young people for, for doing this, but it's, it's a human problem. Like we just think that all we need to do is have fun, sleep around. We may, we may, you know, back in the day, uh, in the not so, what do they call them? Uh, I don't know. The not so good old days. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That you know, it was it was more hidden that people were doing the same things, but at least they were happily married. <laughs> surprise, right, surprise, right, right. They right. weren't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, no, this is, this is good. You know, there's a there's a current in the world where, like, my mom and dad. Maybe they're a bad example, but like their parents were married by the age of twenty, twenty five. Yeah. Um, like there's there are people that I know that are in their early twenties who are engaged to be married, uh, yeah. and will be married by twenty four, and the whole world is going to tell them you're throwing your life away, right? And right. it's like, well, what a shame. They're they're happy, <laughs> like <laughs> they're legitimately happy. Like, what are you looking for? Like sleeping around and trying to climb a ladder that you're going to get to the top and realize that it's not enough. Like, okay. At some point, you're going to face the facts that you're unhappy. Yeah. And, and then you're going to be 35 or 40 years old, and you may not be able to have kids. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, terrible. Um, okay, I have another quote for you. Another quote for you. Okay, okay. Um, I should be mad at you for putting me through this. Who That's that? what the boss says to the woman who just tried to kill herself. Oh, God. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> I should be mad at you for putting me through this. <laughs> oh my god. Can you believe that? I well I can because I heard him say it when I watched the movie. Uh mm -hmm. yeah, that's not okay. <laughs> Clearly that's not okay. And that's I mean, to your point earlier, like that's something that maybe people said back then. I don't so this is the other problem. Like, you and I don't know how much of this is a caricature of the way that yeah, people actually know. spoke in the sixties or the fifties. Well, I mean, it was made in the 60s, so, like, this is what people were like, I guess, you know? I mean, is it, though? Like, we look at Twitter, and we know that that's not how people really are. I mean, some of it is, okay. <laughs> but, like, we know how to, we know what's a meme and what, what is a headline. Oh, right? okay, okay. You know, we're not yeah. going to watch, what's a, what's a good example? Um, even something simple, like, like Seinfeld, okay, it's it's pretty much as a slice of life, like a real life glimpse, but it's really not like people well, like, don't really live like that. Yeah. Friends is another good example. It's like, no one lives like that. Yeah. Like that's not real life. That's not right. real life. Um, okay. So I, I wonder, I wonder to what extent this movie is like that, but we just don't know it. Cause we didn't, we mm -hmm. weren't alive then. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, so maybe him saying these things was like, was that shock value. For people mm. like, oh God, he just said that. Yeah, can you believe that he would say that? Um, okay, I. If we have any old listeners, maybe they can tell us. Yeah, <laughs> I totally. kind of doubt that we do, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I have a question. So these are two lines that I really liked. That I don't know. There's much depth to them, but I thought they were really pithy. One was, um, when you're in love with a married man, you shouldn't wear mascara. <laughs> I thought that was that was a really nice line. Uh, and the other one was, I'd spell it out for you, but I can't spell. <laughs> I, well, see, that, there's a story behind that. Like, I love that. That was so, like, her understanding and accepting who she is. Just like mm -hmm. 
just like uh, what's his face, Buddy Boy was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like her, she was gonna be. I mean, and again, this is kind of the the stereotype. Like she went to secretary school and was a brilliant typist, but she couldn't spell, <laughs> so she ended up in the elevator. <laughs> that's funny that's really funny it's kind of funny yeah uh and so like that kind of becomes i think she only said it twice but it was kind of a running joke yeah 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 yeah. i'm surprised that this movie didn't make me laugh more than i think it should have like i'm laughing more now and it's called a comedy but i i laughed a few times but it was so cringe too yeah well i think something like this especially you know when millennials or younger are watching these old movies i do think that you have to watch them with other people like if we were in the same room watching this i think we would have found it much funnier <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 yeah. i get that i get that um so i i am glad we saw this because i i have recently been interested in watching like i'm interested in making a decision an artificial one completely arbitrary of like picking a random day date like 1965, and then only watching things made before then. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. just so because, we're changing like, the rules of our game again? No, 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 no. Like, this is a good this is a good thing, like what we've been doing. But this is kind of along the lines of what I've been wanting to do for a long time, is to dip into a whole world of cinema yeah. that's, that's lost to me, uh, that was made before the 1970s, um, where I just find myself desirous of, like, a different kind of storytelling than what I've grown accustomed to, like, since, you know, G.I. Jane in 1966, <laughs> like, that, 19, 1996, like, that's, like, movies for me are Jurassic Park and, a, and, a, and, and onward, like, that kind of storytelling. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just grateful to dip into this world to be like, man, why is this story being told this way? Um, and I like it, like, and it's all giving me a glimpse into a different world. Um, yeah, no, that's really that, cool. It's kind you of know, lost to us, you know? I... I I am fortunate in the sense that when I was a kid, I was fanatic about kung fu movies. Mm. And when so, you were a kid. yeah, I haven't really watched a lot of kung fu movies in recent years, um, which is kind of a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does kind of what you're saying. It does give you a a glimpse into quite literally a different world. Um, you know, you're you're learning about a different culture. You're learning about a different time. You know, a lot of old kung fu movies are in a, what we would call period pieces. You know, they take place in a very specific time and place. Mm-hmm. Um, some are more modern, okay, uh, but they still have this different... And the Chinese, especially the Chinese movies, have a different way of telling a story that is not typical or common in Western cinema. Right. Um, which is why they get made fun of a lot in, in pop culture, just because they're so different. Like, you don't you don't have distinctions in genre that we have like all mm. movies have funny parts all movies have tragic parts all it's like okay um anyway anyway all that is to say i think you're right that it's it's important for us to be able to uh to kind of break out of our own comfort zones in that sense and and to experience just a different way of thinking right right and movies are a wonderful way of doing that because you really do totally. get a slice of uh, uh, of that time, you get to see what it was like, what it looked like. You mm-hmm. know, if you and watch, it's not, yeah. if you watch yeah. a movie from the 1950s in New York City, it's going to look very different from watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's not just like watching Tarantino make a movie set in right, the 1970s, exactly, you know? exactly. Um, 
Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. So, I mean, I look forward to watching some more black and whites. I think that'll be good, especially since I've become very allergic to, like, over-CGI'd uh, movies and hyper-concentrated on fast edits, fast cuts. Yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff is just making movie-watching experiences very taxing. Yeah, tedious. Um, yeah, and so, like, these old movies are kind of nice. Like, I have a friend, he, he said something that I found really striking. He said, yeah, whenever, like, a chase scene happens in a movie now, I just kind of take a nap like i, I just don't <laughs> yeah because it's me it's meaningless like it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't do anything for the plot it's just completely gratuitous well you know? i um, wonder i haven't really looked at our list except when we pick numbers and and uh and do that i wonder if the ultimate car chase scene movie is on our list if we're going to come across that do you know what i'm talking about you mean uh i think i know what it is bullet blues brothers no no <laughs> bullet <laughs> Oh, I have no idea what that is. I think it's Steve McQueen. <clears throat> anyway, if it's no on idea. there, we'll, we'll watch it. Um, um, okay, go ahead. Do you have another quote? I have one more quote. Okay, because I have one, but I want to save it for the end. Okay, I have one more quote, and then I have one more comment. My one more quote is, the mirror makes me look the way I feel. Ooh. Oh, the broken one? Yeah, she had a broken mirror, and she kept looking at it, and he said, why do you have a broken mirror? She says, it makes me look the way I feel. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was such a powerful scene as well, because he had seen that mirror before when mm -hmm. he gave it back to his boss. Right. And so he knew exactly what he was looking at. And she yeah. didn't know that he knew that he that she didn't know that he knew where that came from. Right. Right. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of a striking like sentiment to think how a mirror, a mirror. Another way you could read that is like mirrors don't actually tell you anything about who you are. Like they, yeah. they don't get at the inside of what's going on in you, um, and I mean, there's sort of a, a critique there of what we experience as hyper superficiality and narcissism, where we become obsessed with what our mirrors tell us about ourselves. And for right. us, our mirrors are our phones, They're right? The black mirror, the black you know? mirror. <laughs> um, and yeah. So anyway, just I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. It's like mm. the the broken mirror is the one that's going to tell me the truth about mm -hmm. myself, right? Um, I don't know. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing to chew on a little bit. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I I, uh, I I like I like that. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way. I just I was so f so struck by the by the um, by the scene and how all the other things that were going into that um, mm -hmm. the yeah. weight the yeah, weight yeah. of that scene. Uh, but no, you're totally right. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, so you have one quote, but before like is that your last thing? Because I have one last thing before your. Quote. You go. You go. Okay, you go. I, so this isn't a, this isn't a quote. This isn't a quote, but I just wanted to comment on something. We're talking about <clears throat> films that were made, you know, before the 1980s. Well, one very clear thing that I took note of is it's worth mentioning the credits are at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did notice that. I was like, are we done? <laughs> we haven't even started. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, of course, I've seen that before because I watched Disney movies as a kid that were made in the 1950s. Um, but like. I I want to I wanted to ask you like what do you make of that like what does that mean to put the credits at the beginning? Well, I mean, there's a couple of things I think to keep in mind. Like, there were the the amount of people involved in modern movies is just so massive that to put them at the beginning, like to have Would that destroy the movie to have <laughs> that credit scroll, yeah, is not is not. Nobody reads that. I mean, some people do, 
Like you'll wait, you'll 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 wait to listen to look at the the uh, the music, or right. you'll wait to look at where it was filmed, yeah. or you'll wait to see if there's a secret scene at the end. Right. Like right. the the credits themselves, I don't think people really care about. No. No. Like the the grip boom operator or the <laughs> second. The scene. gaffer. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> for them i mean this is their you know they get their credit and that's awesome and i'm glad that their credit is given like don't get me wrong <laughs> uh, but like it's yeah. there's just so many people so like so yes you couldn't put that at the beginning i don't think mm, yeah um, yeah now for the older movies okay they're smaller that's a smaller um cast it's a smaller production crew so you've got the space you've got the t you can put it to a to a tune and that'll be like a fun mm introduction a lot of the time they were little animated things right uh, which i right, really right. like that like that's giving us another glimpse at um just the the creativity that's involved with this that even their credit right. scene at the beginning is 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 a feature no okay hold on but here's here's like so i i appreciate your point about there being way too many people now to put the credits at the beginning um however i'll push back a little bit because there are credits at the end of the movie too still in the old movies um, but I guess one of the things that I was noticing is that in modern movies, we do put credits at the beginning. We do. It's but, just names though. But it's, but it's just actors. Yeah. Is, is all it is. Yeah. And what's changed, like there's something interesting that's happened where it's like the actors sell the movie. Right. Like, right. Like they're <laughs> it, you know? And there's just something interesting about putting also like who made the music and all that at the beginning, because that matters, uh, mm -hmm. for like the musician is just as important as the actor. Um, now, I'm, as I'm saying that, I go back to what you said earlier, is that, like, these were big names in this movie that we saw, um, even though I didn't know that. But, like, I guess you're right. Like, the actors sell the movie. Like, you go see the the latest John Wayne film, film you know, not. Right. Like, who cares what it is, you know? Yeah. There's a plot there. That's just John Wayne being yeah. John Wayne. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, but anyway, just thought it was interesting. What's your, uh, what's your quote? So, I was really, <laughs> I even rewound it to get it right. Uh, actually, well, anyway. And I don't know if this is inappropriate or not. You're going to have to tell me. Mm -hmm. I think it was around the same time from your quote where you can't wear mascara when you're dating a married man. Mm -hmm. Somebody made the comment of, <laughs> I think it's inappropriate. So we may just leave it at that. And all what? you're left with is egg foo young on your face. Ooh. Oh, I didn't read it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't read it that way. Uh I just thought she was referring to Egg Young. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. I think that may have been something else. <laughs> All right. And with that. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is a really kind of inappropriate movie on a lot of levels. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, maybe I'm just a little more innocent than you are. I just didn't. Oh, well. The internet has ruined me. Yeah. It's ruined the both of us. <laughs> For sure. Hey, so last comment. Like, I... I'm glad we saw this. Yeah, yeah, like, me too. I, I think legit glad I, that I watched this. Yeah, I think it was worth the three bucks to rent on iTunes. Like, totally worth it. And yeah, I mean, it's not the kind of movie that I would pop in to watch, you know. But like, I, it's refreshing to look back and see how movies were made, and also to enjoy just a nice story, well acted, well told. And yeah, I would I would recommend it for sure. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, again, it's a different kind of a different category. Like, mm -hmm. did yeah. I like it? Yeah. Would I watch it again? Maybe. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, when we get to the infirmary, and this podcast will still be doing in the infirmary. <laughs> that's <so>. right. 
Yeah, we'll go. Still and be on. This. We'll still be working our way through that list. <laughs> Speaking of, I think it's your turn to pick. That's right. That's right. I gotta figure out how to do that because I forgot. It's been like four months. All right. Till next time, man. All right, pal. Thank you.